We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Going to the other side of the ball, Oregon's offense comes into this game as one of the most efficient offenses in the entire country. They're number two nationally at 58 points per game behind only USC. But again, acknowledging that these are some some relatively weak opponents that we've seen so far. But hey, all you can do is play the team that's in front of you. So that's exactly what they're doing. But Bo Nix is obviously the story here. And I just love, love, love the depth that Oregon brings into this matchup, especially on offense. I think they're just loaded with weapons. Yeah, I think the Oregon offense, too, is it's like, they're hard to gauge because they've, like you said, they play the teams in front of them. They hung 81 or whatever it was on Portland state. And it's like, okay, offense looks great, but it's Portland state. And then they play against Texas tech and the offense was again, very good. I would say, I don't know if you'd call it great, but they were very good against the red Raiders. They, they did what they needed to do. Um, And then obviously they hang 55 on Hawaii. And so I think while Colorado's defense ranks, they're like in the hundreds, it's not great. Um, in total defense, uh, they do rank, fairly well in turnovers forced. And so I think, um, think of USC's team last year, um, poorly ranked on defense, but top ranked team in turnovers forced. And I think that's kind of, I don't know if that's Colorado's goal, but that's kind of how they are. That's how they play. And so that's kind of something to look out for. I like that you mentioned that because I was writing about that yesterday in my prediction, my score prediction story. And we'll, we'll make sure to get to our final score predictions. So make sure you guys stay tuned in to the end of the episode for that one. But Kevin, when I hear about a school or a team rather having one of the nation's best marks in terms of forcing turnovers, I think that shows one, that they're they're incredibly <laughs> tied with Cal, tied with Cal. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, ACC bound Cal. Um, but <laughs> it, it tells me that they're active, they're in the right place at the right time. Um, you got good matchups that. We got playmakers that it tells me all of those things, but to a degree, I think it also strikes me as an opportunistic defense, right? That's kind of one of those cliche words that easily gets latched on to a unit like that. So that's great for Colorado, but for Oregon side of things, they're doing a really good job taking care of that ball. They're doing a really good job. I don't think Bo Nix has thrown any interceptions yet. No fumbles just yet. So I know Oregon fans are all listening to this, you know, thinking knock on wood, don't want that to that trend to to stop now. But to me, if I'm the Oregon offense, I think you want to try to get out to a little bit of a lead. And then depending on how this one shakes out, I think Oregon has the capability of just taking the air out of the ball. 
and seeing them put together a long sustained drive time after time. And then that could potentially put Colorado in the position where they just got to, you know, lean into that tempo. But um, I think how they're able to slow down or stop this Oregon offense is obviously going to go a long way because they can score and score in a hurry with a lot of explosive plays. Yeah. I think to add on the turnover aspect, the thing that works for Colorado and a lot of the times they get their turnovers is when the team's really pressing. So like, say Colorado goes up by a score or two and then all of a sudden Bo Nix, which he's a very seasoned quarterback. So I don't know how often he's getting a little antsy, but he did um, that in the Texas Tech game that pick he almost threw. Yeah. They try to make plays like Bo Nix is human, just like all of us. And so when a quarterback kind of feels that pressure, like, Oh, I got to do something. That's when Colorado strikes. Um, Most of their safe. I think all of their picks have come via, not all of them, but most of their picks have come to a safety who is just in the right spot at the right time because a quarterback is trying to force something um, because they're down or they need a big play. And um, so if Colorado could force Oregon into a situation like that, that's where you help your defense because relying on turnovers, as you mentioned, isn't sustainable. It's not like, it's not like, okay, Travis, we need an interception here. Go get one. Like that's not how, I mean, maybe for Travis Hunter, maybe that's how it works, but for the rest of them, um, that's not how it works. And so they need to kind of force Oregon to be uncomfortable and be in those situations where it's like, I need to do something because that's when we mostly mess up. And when I think of those big time defenses, or at least the ones that make big plays in more recent history, I think Duck fans would agree that the 2021 Tim DeRuiter defense really fit fell under that category because they would kind of get torn up and in some instances shredded and then their backs are against the wall in the end zone and Rome McKinley came away with a pick or somebody forced a fumble, which is great. You want to capitalize on that and get the ball back to your offense, but it doesn't tell the full story on defense. It doesn't make you feel confident. I would say about that defense because you don't want them to only be able to, you can't live and die by big plays, at least not, not if you want to go, to the Pac-12 title game, to the college football playoff. You can't rely on that like you were saying. It's not sustainable. And another thing for Oregon that I think they're going to have to figure out, I'm going back to a defensive point real quick. I don't want to hop too all over the place, but third down defense. Third down defense was an absolute weakness last year, and so far they're doing better. But that's going to have to be something that comes to mind and that they key in on against Colorado because, like I was just talking about with long-sustained drives, you can't have too many of those, even though we know that Colorado is is known for their speedy offense, their tempo offense. If, if this one's a close game, those long sustained drives could be really tough because at one point you could be saying to yourself, if you're Oregon, hey, just we want the ball back to the offense, just score already. It's kind of how it feels sometimes if those games come into crunch time in the in the final quarter. Yeah, I think for Colorado, too, I was looking at it while you brought that up. That's a great point. They ranked 33rd in the country in uh, third down conversion percentage. Um, they are a team that when they're back against the wall, and I think it's a credit to Shadur Sanders, um, he's clutch. Like I, I I don't think there's a better term for it. Um, you look at the last drive of the game. They were down by eight points. They had like a minute and a half left and 98 yards to go down the field, and it just – he kind of has this feel where it's like if the ball's in his hands with time running out, I, I trust him. You know, it's like Bryce Young last year um, against Texas, Texas left. I think it was like a minute or so on the clock and 
Bryce Young has the ball. Like you just knew that Bryce Young was going to lead Alabama to a score. That's kind of the feeling around Shadur. So if the Ducks can get, or, or excuse me, if the Ducks can get Colorado off the field, that'd be huge for them. Yeah. To, to just kind of go back to that point, Oregon ranks number 29 in the country in third down defense, third down Ooh. conversion percentage Ooh. for defense. So uh, 29, so 31.7%. Um, that'll be interesting to kind of see how they go back and forth on that. But to, to hop back to the offensive side and talk about Oregon's offense against Colorado's defense, I think another reason you got to be confident here if you're Oregon going against this Colorado defense, Colorado came away with a win last week. Like, I don't want to take anything away from that, but we got to look at some of the numbers here. They allowed, Kevin, 367 passing yards to a true freshman quarterback. Um, and, and I think that that could be telling. You know, maybe he just showed up in a big time game, but. They were also able to get after the Colorado State quarterback, um, Braden Fowler. I don't have the whole name on the screen. Um, Braden Fowler Nicolosi. Um, (laughs) So he he had a crazy game, even though he threw three picks. I mean, you can't ask for too much from a true freshman, but he lit up Colorado is the case in point, even though they did get a couple interceptions and Shiloh Sanders had a pick six, but Colorado was able to get after him and they got three sacks, but – Pretty confident in saying that Oregon's offensive line is better than Colorado State's. But that being said, it is still a group that is kind of trying to to get to that next level. I feel pretty confident in the group that they have. Jackson Powers Johnson leading the way at center. You got Josh Connolly Jr. at left tackle, Johnny Cornelius at, at right tackle. So this is a good group. And I think that keeping Bonix clean and helping pave the way for the ground game, which I think has to be a priority here. you got to get off to a good start running the ball. I think that those are some of the things that jump out to me as well. Yeah, I think especially, and you talked about it, Colorado State exposed them. Um, I think that was kind of the first time this season. TCU did decent in the air, but TCU kind of, they were it was like a shootout, so there was a lot of throwing. Um, but that was the first time I would truly say that someone figured out how to shred that defense through the air. Um, it was just crossing routes to death. Like they were basically only running crossing routes and Colorado was just kind of in this bend, don't break defense. And they they were bending. Um, Let me tell you, they were bending. All right. And they were, excuse me, just burped. Um, They Colorado can't allow for Troy Franklin to get into open space. They can't allow um, for your transfer. I think you went to Western Kentucky, right? Um, If that sounds correct. And Trayshawn Holden went to Alabama. Yeah. Trayshawn from Alabama. And then there's another one. um, Tez Johnson from Troy. Tez, Tez Johnson from Troy, thank you. I don't know where I got Western Kentucky. They can't let these guys get into open space. Um, I think where Colorado's defense gets hurt is um, running after the catch. And so if the uh, Oregon offense realizes that, hey, if we just throw to our weapons and let them make plays, things could get scary for Colorado. And I think Oregon's offense is well aware of what they're capable of. <laughs> I'm super excited about Tez Johnson. Two touchdowns last week against Hawaii. He just has a different gear to him. I was talking to people in Eugene all throughout the offseason and asking about Tez Johnson. Every single time I asked them about Tez Johnson, they said speed, speed, and more speed. He's just so fast. I love the way he moves. He has tremendous body control. Obviously has some really good chemistry with Bo Nix, seeing that they're family. So I think that's another dynamic that could help Oregon. And then I also wanted to talk about Treshawn Holden, the Alabama transfer. He also had two touchdowns last week. And one of them was just a quick slant right over the middle and he took off for 50 yards and 
he's kind of their bigger bodied wide receiver. 6'3", 215, 220 pounds. I want to say he's around that build. And I, I was shocked just, just watching that game and seeing how fast he was running. I didn't really necessarily think that he had that gear to him. So again, I just think this is a really tough matchup for Colorado defensively, even if they had Travis Hunter. I'm super bummed that we're not going to see as of right now that Travis Hunter, Troy Franklin matchup. I think that was easily the best matchup that they were going to get on paper. Franklin's looking like a first round wide receiver selection, but tons of weapons. And we haven't even really talked about the tight ends or the running backs. I think that Oregon definitely has a bona fide three headed monster out of the backfield this year. Bucky Irving is incredibly creative and tough to bring down. No Whittington is looking like a blur despite putting on more than 10 pounds to his frame this offseason. And then Jordan James, the true sophomore, is really picking up where he left off last year, building off of a bigger role as the third down short yardage back. So if Oregon can slug him in the mouth, I think, punch him in the mouth with a strong running game, I I think Mm -hmm. it could kind of get out of hand. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of great points there, and this is going to be the truest test for their defense. Um, Because realistically – it comes down to the, can the defense slow down Oregon and chances are that they're probably not going to slow down Oregon unless they completely improve. Like they have been improving. Um, I think that's kind of the crazy thing. The stats don't show it. The defense has been improving in certain categories. Like their tackling's gotten better um, in certain ways, um, certain guys, at least uh, there's definitely been some plays where it's like, oof, that was ugly. Um, but that's where it comes back to the offense is like, can Colorado match them score for score? Because I think that's what's going to come down to even Deion Sanders, um, he went viral yesterday for his Bleacher Report interview because uh, Shiloh Sanders wanted the defense to start um, in overtime, and they chose to go with the offense. And he was like, you're not going to have the defense go out there. And Deion, Coach Prime, tells Shiloh, his own son in starting safety, you guys haven't stopped anybody all day. We're not going with you guys. So I think they know it's a weakness, and I think that's kind of where, if you ask me what I would be worried about the most, it'd be can they at least – stop Oregon once or twice. Um, I'm not telling them they need to stop Oregon six times and shut them out to win this game. They just need to stop them once or twice and give their offense a chance to um, develop a lead. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And that's why I think it's so important, whoever starts with the ball here, if Oregon starts on defense, you got to get a stop. If they get the ball out of the gates, you got to deliver a touchdown. Um, I don't think it's over if one of those two things doesn't happen, but that's just the game script that you want, right? If you're a coach. And I also want to see, I said it a lot last week, but I'm going to say it again. I want to see more from the tight ends. Terrence Ferguson is, I think he could very well be the best tight end in the PAC 12, but we just haven't seen a whole lot of him uh, this year. So I, I want to see him utilized more. He is a tremendous talent. He was number two on the team in touchdowns last year. Patrick Herbert, he's rocking and rolling. I, I think a lot of the times when he's getting the ball, it's an impactful moments. He's a guy you can turn to to move the chains, just kind of a bowling ball guy that is hard to tackle. And then we saw a little bit of Kenyon Sadiq last week uh, against Hawaii. He had a little kind of a fly sweep. Even though he's a true freshman, I think he could prove to be valuable in this game just because he's fast. He's a playmaker. Definitely filled a little bit more of that wide receiver role for his high school. I think it was Skyline coming out of Idaho, but... I just think that there's so many pieces here on this offense that that Will Stein can get super creative. I think this is kind of his first test. Not that Colorado's defense has been phenomenal, but you're going against some pretty talented pieces from the transfer portal. You were talking about the rushing defense. Um, Colorado's averaging one, or their opponents are averaging 195 yards on the ground per game. Again, that doesn't tell the whole story through three games, but I think that Oregon has always been a team that has the run as their bread and butter. So if they can get that rolling, I think it's just going to go a long way in opening up the rest of the offense and, and keeping that defense on their heels. Yeah. That's, there's really like, it's hard to explain because it's like they have made good plays, but this defense just needs, they need to rely on the turnover. And we talked about it and that's kind of like my only solution until I see them improve um, because they, they could get to the quarterback. They've gone to the quarterback every game um they've stopped people but at the end of the day they just need clutch turnovers and that's really hard to rely on because that's like i feels it feels like in basketball if you were like okay we need you to make 10 threes a game do it like if you're steph curry he probably could do that but is steph curry actually making 10 threes a game no so it's like a big ask but that's what they need um unfortunately that there's no hard-hitting analysis there but that's (laughs) that's what it comes down to Yeah, and again, I want to make sure that I'm communicating this point. I I think that Alton McCaskill is is a tremendous weapon for them on their offense, but we just haven't seen him this year, so we don't necessarily know what to expect. He could go out there and get completely shut down and you know turn in a dud of a performance, uh, as kind of has Dylan Edwards running the ball. I know he's really good catching the yeah. ball, um, or he could go out there and just put on a complete show. You know, I, I don't want to come off as a homer. I just am confident in what Oregon's going to be able to do. Let's get to some of these comments. We've got about 10 minutes left with Kevin here, talking with Kevin Borba of Locked On Buffs ahead of number 10 Oregon against number 19 Colorado. We got Blaine. Blaine with a comment here. The way I feel is let's play it on the field. I can't stand all the craziness with people who are supposed to be professionals and adults. Fans are supposed to be nuts. <laughs> yeah, there's there's been plenty of drama and, and hype around this game. Um, and I feel like part of that kind of has to do with the access that Dion gives to the program. I right. think that that definitely spurs a lot more emotions and storylines and everything. But 
it also plays into this is the perfect time for him to come to Colorado because he has a, like there's never been this much attention on that program ever. I don't think. I don't think there's ever been this much attention on college football. Let's be honest. Like I, um, it's kind of crazy to say, but if you look at college football throughout every era, um, it feels like most of the time teams get popular is towards the end of the season. LSU, um, they were popular throughout the year, but then when they made it to the playoff, they were like the huge thing. Nick Saban led teams are, it's kind of like we've grown so tired of them being so good where it's like, okay, Nick Saban's in the playoff again. Um, same thing with Clemson for a little bit. Same thing with Oregon when they had their stretch. Colorado has had, I think, 26 million viewers through three games. And that's insane. Um, that's they're averaging, I think, 5 million or yeah, they're averaging, I think it's 8 million viewers per game. Um, if you, there's an athletic or excuse me, there's an article by the athletic um, not too long ago when conference realignment was a big thing and it ranked all the PAC 12 teams outside of USC and UCLA based on viewers per game. Oregon led the, led the conference. And I think they were close to 2 million per game. Colorado is averaging 8 million per game and three games, which obviously that could change, but that's must see TV. Um, this past week, watch yeah. This past week they had first take, they had 60 minutes. They had Pat McAfee show. They had game Indeed. day, big noon kickoff. Um, I feel like I'm missing someone. They had the rock. They had Quavo. They had Rick, uh, Rick Ross has been to games. They had Lil Wayne, like Colorado is the hub of college football. And it's weird to say, because I'm 24. Um, I know you're not that much older than me. Um, I've never seen a team attract this much attention. I, I don't know if you would agree with that, but that's kind of my thought on it. I have people in my family who don't care a single thing about college football. They don't, they couldn't even tell you who Nick Saban was, but they're asking me about Deion Sanders. They're asking me about Colorado football. That's how crazy this is. <laughs> yeah. It's they, they have all the eyeballs on them and it's just something that we haven't seen before. So I'd probably agree with that. Um, they're the greatest story in college football, probably the most polarizing team in college football. You have Colorado fans who are like, man, like we're unstoppable. Like there's no chance that anyone can beat us. And then you have other fans that are like, Hey, let's temper those expectations a little bit. So that's why I'm so excited for this game. I think it's going to tell us a lot. Uh, we got prompt critically critica criticality, uh, with a comment here. Oregon is much more balanced on both sides of the ball. Colorado doesn't have much once you limit or contain the passing game. I got the Ducks winning by 21. What do you think of this comment, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, you limit the passing game. That's easier said than done. Um, I think Nebraska did it in the first quarter. Um, Colorado State did it in, I would say, the first quarter and a half-ish. And then all of a sudden, Colorado hangs 40 or like 35 points on you. Like, it's, I think... They make great in-game adjustments. Um, Sean Lewis does and Shadur does. And so um, I, I don't know. 21 points is a lot. That means that things would have to go horribly wrong for that Colorado offense. And so far they haven't. And, and I don't even know if it's – I think I agree with you as far as things would go horribly wrong, but it could also be things are just going that well for Oregon's defense. You know, they're just, they're just executing, which hasn't been a strength for them. I think one of the bigger – storylines that we haven't even talked about is whether or not we're going to see Justin Jacobs, the mm -hmm. Iowa linebacker transfer from Oregon uh, or for Oregon. He hasn't played yet this year through three games. So I think that has been an interesting development. He played in the spring game, but is this the right game to kind of put him out there with, with so many eyeballs on them and so much attention? I think to kind of counter that, one of the better storylines of this year has been Bryce Betcher's emergence at linebacker. He's a two sport athlete. 
and plays baseball for the Ducks, and he has been a stud. Also wears my favorite number, 28, so that's even cooler to cover. I got to write a story about that guy. Can't believe I still haven't, but he's doing well. Jeffrey Boss is doing really well. He got that pick six against Texas Tech. I think that you're starting to see that depth at the linebacker spot really, uh, really thrive. Jamal Hill as well has been a really big piece uh, in that Texas Tech game, so we'll have to see if he's able to go. Um, I know we're kind of talking a little bit about the score prediction here. So how about we get into that as we kind of start to wind down, Kevin? Um, we've got a comment here from Will77 saying Ducks cover. I believe the last time I saw the spread, Kevin, it was at 21 and a half uh, yep. in Oregon's favor. I have my score prediction at 52 to 27. I wrote that yesterday on Ducks Digest. Um, I, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing all right so far, if I got to say so. Um, I, I had, uh, not the exact score predictions for the last two games, but I was in like seven to 10 points. So I'll pat myself a little bit on the back for that one. But the way I see it going is I think Oregon's defense is going to take a little bit of time to settle in. And I also have some, some respect for Shadur Sanders. He's a phenomenal quarterback and, and I love, uh, those receivers and Weaver and Horn. So I think that Colorado is going to get some points, but Oregon's depth is, is definitely superior. And, and I think that they have a lot more firepower than the buffs are going to be able to handle. And Oregon's at home. They play their best ball at home, and they've scored at least 30 points in all of their games. So that's why I'm pretty confident that Oregon's going to be able to win. I could see it being close for a while, but I see Oregon pulling away in the end. Yeah, I'm going to upset the comment section right now. Um, I'm one and two on my predictions. I predicted them to lose to TCU. was wrong about that. Predicted them to beat Nebraska by double digits. was right about that. And then I thought they'd blow out Colorado State, and obviously they took uh, it took two overtimes to do it. Um, so... With that being said, and the fact that this is kind of like an enigma of a season, I have Colorado winning um, 42 to 37. Um, I, I, I know it's crazy. Um, I'm just going with the strategy of going against my my instinct because my instinct has been proving me wrong. So I'm just going to throw that out there. And I feel like maybe it's time to um, I guess we'll find out. You know, um, Deion Sanders has proved me wrong multiple times already. So maybe he'll prove me right this time. <laughs> I'm going to follow up with one more question before we get you out of here, Kevin. Yeah. What's the biggest thing that Colorado is going to have to do in order for that to happen, in order for the Buffs to pull off the upset here? If you got one thing. One thing. Um, the defense needs to eliminate the run game. Or not eliminate. That's not going to happen. Let's be real. They need to slow down the run game and prevent Bo Nix from hurting them with his legs. Um, because Bo Nix is, I would say, the most gifted runner they've faced so far. Um, Jeff Sims had a huge run against uh, from Nebraska, excuse me. And they like went away from him running the ball. If Oregon just really dials or hones into running the ball, whether it's with Bo Nix or the running backs, that could be a huge issue for Colorado. And your score would probably be more likely than mine. But if Colorado can kind of limit the run game a little bit, maybe then my score comes true. <laughs> All right. We'll have to see. This is why we got to play the game, right? Oregon kicks right. off against Colorado at 1230 on ABC on Saturday. It's going to be packed out at Autzen. Ducks are going to be wearing color-changing cleats. There's so many storylines here. We had a freaking chameleon in the uni drop video. So there's so much excitement around this game. Uh, and I'm going to have another episode for you guys talking recruiting because I didn't have one yesterday. Just got two into the writing, so I had to make up for it. But um, before we get out of here, Kevin, where can people find more of you and what you have going on? I know you got a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, you could find me at Kevin underscore Borba on Twitter. Um, and then go find me on Athlon. Um, I'm covering the entire Pac-12, the Big 12. Um, chances are I probably write about a team that you care about. So go check that out. 
<laughs> um, that's kind of what I say. And then obviously Locked on Buffs is where I have a daily podcast about Colorado um, where I'm talking about all the craziness every single day. There you go. Well, make sure you guys lock in with Kevin. If you want to find more of me, important to follow me on the social medias. We got Twitter and Instagram at mtorresports. I'm on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Torres. So make sure you like the video and subscribe to the channel. Kind of been popping off this week. Loving the support I'm seeing from you guys. And I just want to keep it going. So also make sure you're reading all my stuff. DucksDigest.com. Going to have full coverage of this game. Going to have my guy Darby Winter taking photos out at Austin Stadium. So it's going to be a fun one. Big thank you to everyone watching and tuning in. Big thanks to Kevin for coming on. And we will see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast.